Welcome to 2021, and this episode is going to start off the year right because we're going to talk about personal mission statements and focused keywords. I'm going to share with you my keyword and my mission statement in this episode. However, I want to talk to you a little bit real quick first about the importance of why it's necessary to set up your own personal mission statement, okay? Not a family mission statement, not a homestead mission statement, but your own personal one. Because this lifestyle that we live, we can get a little carried away with it. However, it's nice to have rules and nice to have guidelines for what we want to do and accomplish for the property, ourselves personally, and the family. So come on back and take a listen, and we're going to talk about mission statements, personal ones. So five years ago, I started setting up a personal mission statement, and I take this mission statement, I print out a couple of copies, and I actually tuck it away in various spots my desk drawer, for example, in my planner, um, on my nightstand drawers, wherever I can find one. But I also have one that's visible and present at all times. Like I said, this life, we can get carried away a little bit. A new bird comes out. We're like, oh my gosh, a blue egg layer I must have. And we want to add it. Oh my gosh, I want to add these seeds in there. And then before we know it, we've lost focus for what we need to accomplish for the year. <laughs> I mean, I could do that quite often by bringing in rabbits or or goats, you know, or whatever the case is. So when I started truly living a sustainable life, I created this mission statement and it has helped me immensely. So with that said, I'm going to give you an example of mine. And I would love for you guys to set up your own and to see what you can come up with for your own property, your own self and your own home. Okay, but first, my word I've been my word for the year I almost said the word my word for the year is actually intentional I have used this word before and actually I think I used it year one or year two of setting up a mission statement and the reason why is because I really have so much on my plate this year for tuples and I'm gonna tell you why the brand is skyrocketing right now and we have so many people looking for us to offer online opportunities for them to learn because even though I do um, property assessments here in the Pacific Northwest area, I can't do it elsewhere. So it's basically going to be a one-on-one -on -one class. So that's what's happening with the brand. It's going to be a year of learning for a farm girl in the making and what I could teach you guys virtually. The second thing is, is that we are really seriously considering selling this property within the next two years. And with that said, we'll be looking for our forever homestead. So I cannot keep incorporating so much onto the property when I'm going to be walking away from it in a couple of years. So everything I do from now until the time that we sell the property has got to be fully thought out and fully intentionally planned so I don't have a bigger mess or a bigger stockpile of stuff that I have to deal with by the time I'm trying to sell. So those are intentional reasons for a year or two out that I have to think about as well too. All right, so think about your keyword that you want to be. I just did a, a podcast with Amy Fuel of the Fuel Homestead, and I will link that in here once she releases it. I don't think she's going to release it until next week, but she talks about two of her keywords that she's using this year. And you could have one, two, three, four, five, whatever you want. But the point of it is, is don't get carried away. Find one that you can really truly utilize and what's going to set you on the right tone. Now, with that said, let me share with you my mission statement for the homestead, myself, and my family. I normally only like to have five points to a mission statement because just like one focus keyword, it keeps me on task of doing what I set out to do. But this year I had six. 
And um, I'm okay with six because it kind of all flows in together. My main point of my mission statement is to continue to be sustainable and to live independently as much as possible away from anything that's in the supermarket or, you know, I mean, I haven't given up toilet paper, but do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's a more intentional living, a more simple method of living. And I wanted to give you the six examples. Um, I wish I could have narrowed it down to five, but I didn't. And that's okay. So let's get started. And the first one is to be a producer and not a consumer. To be a producer and not a consumer. That's pretty intense. That's that's declaring quite a bit, right? So I'll be honest with you, between 75 to 80% of our food source is one that we've grown or raised on the homestead or we've purchased from local farmers in our area. So that keeps me out of big box marketing and allows me to work intentionally with farmers or on my own land. And that is key to me. Now, of course, you know, I make my own laundry soap, but I have to buy the items that I need to make my own laundry soap. I have to buy toilet paper. I have to buy dishwashing soap. So that will forever keep me in a consumer market, but that's okay. Our forefathers had to live in a consumer market to a degree as well too. But when it comes to food, we have to learn that if we take back the control of buying it from big box markets, then we are now complementing ourselves, our land, and the local farmers in our area. And that is vital, vital. One third of big agriculture belongs to the Chinese here in the U.S. Small farms are being destroyed left and right because big box AG is now taking control of everything. So why would we want to keep encouraging that? I don't. So that's why I made it my number one point. Be a producer and not a consumer. Grow more intentionally, raise more intentionally, live more intentionally. So that is going to lead us into number two. Point two on my mission statement is to forge a better relationship with my husband to forge a better relationship with my children and to forge a better relationship with god and justin and i run on the rocks in any way shape or form but there are things that i want to do with him i want to draw closer to him as a married couple we have spent the last eight years working the property and we butt heads it happens of course it's going to happen um however we are now on the same path for what we want to accomplish. It took him a little bit longer to get there than I did. You know, sorry, I had to say it. He's listening, so I'll just say it. But the point of it is, is this, is that we now are on the same path and we are truly, truly realizing that in order to complete and accomplish the things that we have, we have got to work together. And on top of that, I want to, you know, to, to be able to sit there and look at him and just be like, we did this. And that is what we're working on together now at this point. My relationship with my children, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a homeschooling mama. So the relationship between myself and my two younger children is a little tense. It is um, homeschooling is difficult, not so much for one than the other, but it is a struggle nonetheless. And um, there's been a lot of arguing around here lately. And I would really like to learn to really step back and communicate with them at a lot better tone and um, to be able to be more encouraging to them, but to also continue to live by example for what we're doing here, that they will stop and think about where they're at, 
what they're consuming, where it's coming from, and how it can better them. And then finally, of course, there's my relationship with God. Some of you are of faith and some of you are not. So I'm just going to just tell you my side of it because it is my podcast. So basically, I have a very good relationship with God. But right now, what my focus for this year is, is to fully trust that there is a plan somewhere, that there's an attention that was established from the moment that I was born, that anything that happens in my life, he already knows about. He has already set the precedence of who I'm going to be, how it's going to be laid out, and how I'm going to get there. And I have to remember that. You know, I don't do this for anybody else. I do it for me and I do it because I'm being led to do it. And I have to remember that, that when things don't go as quickly or as efficiently or in a, you know, in a way that I would want it to go, that it's all in a plan and that I just have to step back and go, you're leading me in this path and it's going to be okay. And I really want to feel that 100% connection to know that if something failed, it's because he knew it was going to fail. If something was successful, he knew it was going to be successful. If I'm struggling, it was my time to struggle. And I have to want to be okay with that. And I'm at the point that I am okay with it. I just need to reach that point of trust at this point. And um, that's what I refer to as my relationship with God. So yes, even though it is a homesteading series, these are things that keep me going. My husband, my children, and my relationship with God. So with that said, that is point number two. Point three. Oh my goodness, we can all get carried away with this one. So that's why I made it number three before anything else is livestock and pets. Be intentional with what you incorporate onto your property all the time. A lot of us can get carried away with hatching. A lot of us can get carried away with just slipping a couple eggs under the broody. A lot of us can get away with just continuing uh, to breed without the intention of butchering. A lot of us can get carried away because it was just so cute I had to bring it home. So with that said, Remember, there are mouths to feed, and if we can't afford to feed those mouths, then we're not doing ourselves justice. Luckily for us, or unluckily, um, we're at a point in our property with the mouths that we have to feed that we're okay. But there have been times in which I may have gotten carried away a little bit, and I brought one too many poultry onto the property, or I, you know, I bred one too many rabbits, and I was late in butchering them, or whatever the case is. And I now want to focus on making sure that if I have ten hens, which I have a lot more than that, um, on the property, that I need those ten hens to sell this amount of eggs in order to feed this amount of mouths back to the poultry. And then from there to teach others on the importance of knowing where your food source comes from. Okay, so one egg does quite a bit. One egg is teaching me that I don't need more than what I have. One egg is teaching somebody else that this is a cleaner food source system. And one egg is ensuring that I can repopulate my flock if I need to. Now, with that said, we did have a bobcat, three of them actually, on the property this past fall and winter, and it was horrific. We lost half of our basic flock, basically our Muscovies, our apple yards, a lot of my chickens, and one goose. And so this year will be a year of refreshing my flock. However, I need to be very cautious and bringing in birds that are going to... um, 
not make me step above and beyond and in the hole in regards to how much my feed cost is going to be. I also, I'm going to be bringing in a new rabbit herd. And then on top of that, I'm going to be bringing in some new dough, some new um, for milking. So Justin doesn't know that yet though. <laughs> so with that said, I have to be very intentional. I brought kittens onto the, um, in the farmhouse because we have mice and I need mousers. I'll be bringing in farm kitties for the same reason of the rodents that are back there. We have to remember that sometimes we get carried away, but we have to rein it back in or else our money is spent on feeding those mouths and we are not a sanctuary. We are a homestead. And I have got to remind myself that all the time. Okay, number four. Number four is to be a lot more intentional with my garden. Five years ago when I started this, I was really trying to grow everything because everybody else was growing and I really wanted it. And I was just like, why can't I grow 10 varieties of tomatoes? What's the big deal? And then when I truly embrace a sustainable lifestyle, I realized that it's not practical to grow 10 slicing tomatoes varieties and then on top of that to grow my plum tomatoes and then cherry tomatoes so I had to really stop and assess my garden space and assess what I needed to live sustainably so a garden though you want to eat fresh from it as much as you can preserve from it there are things that you're going to have to remember if you want to eat year-round or as close to year-round as possible you have to be very intentional to what you are growing I would love, I would love to have 10 heirloom plants of slicing tomatoes in itself. Would love it, but it's not practical for me. So I have to pick and choose what I'm growing and why I'm growing it. It is more practical for me to have 30 plum tomato plants, right? They're not great slicers. I mean, really they're not, but I can get so much more product from those 30 Roma tomato plants and just enjoy a farmer's market tomato or a, a neighbor's tomato or whatever it is or whatever I have growing in the, the garden right then and there. So, you know, I love fingerling potatoes, but they don't store well. So I have to be very cautious of what I'm planting and when I'm planting it. So that's what I mean by garden space and gardening. I have got to be more intentional and think as my forefathers did on what is being grown and how long it could be stored for. In 2020, when everybody was gung-ho about gardening and preserving foods and bringing on chickens and raising livestock, I started getting a lot of questions in regards to sustainable living. And because I was sharing the fact that I'm very intentional in my garden space, a lot of questions started coming in. This led me to create a workbook called the Sustainable Garden Workbook. It's not quite done yet. It'll be done here in about another week or two. But because I wanted to live as close to the land as possible and as similar to my forefathers once did, I knew that I had to have foods that were going to last me a lot longer. Okay. And with that said, I needed to be able to keep records. I mean, good records of the garden. I, I mean, it's not immaculate, but uh, what my garden was giving me, how I was doing crop rotation, how I was doing succession planting, how I was utilizing the raised beds and the trellises and, and the containers, you know, because I do live in the mountains, everything changes per season like crazy. But because of your questions, I went ahead and I started working on this workbook for you. This workbook is designed for the sustainable gardener, okay? This is the one that wants to not just garden, but to garden with intention of owning your food source. So with that said, 
listen for it, watch for it. If you're following me on social media, I'll share it there as well too. I'll come back to the podcast and give it to you as well here. But for me, sustainable gardening was key in being able to own my food stores. So point number four, of course, is the garden. What can I do to be sustainable in my garden? Number five was being more intentional in my preserving methods. I know that seems odd. I wrote a book on preserving the harvest and I do a lot of videos and a lot of articles on preserving foods as a whole, but I was using canning as a fallback. I mean, it's not necessary, really, in truth. Um, some of it is. I love canning. Don't get me wrong. And I know there's a lot of canners out there. But but there's more to preserving foods than putting it in a jar and stacking it on a shelf. Okay, so hear me out. Okay, canning is incredible. Canning is great. It has a longer shelf life stability. On top of that, it's great convenience foods. So that's what canning is. Canning is your convenience foods, your healthier version of convenience basically your soups your meats everything is pre-cooked all you got to do is warm it up whatever the case is but what people come across is they don't know what to do with half the stuff that they can by the time the next season comes so because of that i created a cookbook series and it's called pantry to table so it's going to take you from learning how to deal with all those carrots that you didn't finish that season and what to do with them at this point i mean your family must be tired by april of canned carrots I mean, mine are, maybe yours aren't, but mine are. So I have to get creative on how to use them in meals. So Pantry to Table is the first cookbook out of this series. I'll put the link in my descriptions. You can find it on my website, but it's going to teach you how to truly cook from pantry to table, regardless if it's canned goods, fermented goods, or goods that are fresh or frozen. I'm going to take you through every step that you need to utilize what is in your your pantry and in your freezers and in your cold storage or your root cellars. I mean, you've got to be able to be more intentional. However, the second part of this is, is that I use canning as a fallback method. It's fast, it's convenient, it's in a jar. And then half the time I'm like, oh my gosh, I got 10 jars of it still. I want to start focusing on the other methods, growing more foods that I'm storing fresh up or purchasing from local farms, those items so I can consume them fresh. On top of that, upping my dehydrating game, I should have enough herbs to last me throughout the whole season, but I'm still running short. The other point of it is, is that all those canned goods, they could be in a crock, a fermenting crock. Did you know that if you ferment foods from your fall garden, right, all those items would still be good in December, January, and almost through February? So then at that point, you're still feeding your gut flora, but everybody's afraid to ferment. They're afraid to not like the taste of something. Fermenting is a blessing, and I'm going to take you on that journey to do that. But first, I must be more intentional to myself in stepping away from the canning jars and really utilizing the other methods that are available for preserving foods. And if you haven't grabbed a copy of my book, The Farm Growth Guide to Preserving the Harvest, do so now. It takes you through every method of home food preservation and getting us to live as our forefathers once did. The last point of my mission statement, number six, is to always be the listener. And that is so hard for me because I'm such a doer. I'm a go-getter. I'm a here, let me help you. And I'm going to give you my advice kind of person that I didn't stop and 
really embrace the fact that I need to listen more. And when I started doing this in, and honestly, the switch was in April of 2020, when COVID was at its peak, and I saw people panicking, especially people from my friends list who are not living the homesteading life or a sustainable life in any way, shape or form. I realized by just reading their posts and listening to their fear and their voices that I needed to be able to continue to be an educator and a mentor and a friend, but I needed to listen and hear what people needed from me first. And that includes my own family. You know what I mean? And so number six was just be the listener to hear what you needed, to figure out how to get it to you, to figure out how to make it all work and continue to teach this lifestyle. I've always said, I'm not here to change the world and have them all join the homesteading movement. I'm just here to take along a handful of you guys on this journey, as many as you guys want to come. It could be one, it could be 2,000, it could be 10,000, but whatever the case is, I need to stop and listen. There's so much noise in the world, you guys, so much noise. And it was really stressful, especially last year. I had to really learn to turn off that noise. So I can continue to listen to myself, my family, and what you guys needed from me. So with that said, point six is to continue to listen. And that's where Pantry to Table came from. People didn't know what to do with their canned goods. So when I heard that, I was able to give a product and a commitment to contributing to more products of how to cook from your pantry, how to cook from the root cellar, how to utilize those fermented foods, you know, what to do with your pickles when they go soft, things like that. So with that said, and then of course, wait, before I say anything else, that's what led me to the sustainable garden workbook, you know, and then from there, the e-courses that I'm establishing and things like that. So I'm going to commit to myself that I will continue to listen. I will continue to turn off the noise and I will just be able to really create and teach based on what you need versus what I think you need. And that was really important to me. That was a true eye awakening moment in April of last year. And that is my other and last mission statement that a mission that I'm giving myself for 2021. All right, let's just recap real quick. For 2021, my word is intentional to be more intentional. So how is that going to get me through on my mission statement to be a producer and not a consumer to truly minimize my footprints left on this earth? Number two, to really be intentional with my relationships with my husband, my children, my family and God, you know, that that's vital for us. Number three, to be more intentional with the livestock that we bring onto the family. And that means being a producer with my livestock and not a consumer. Stop buying feed for animals that are just not serving a purpose, but to truly incorporate the animals in food and for teaching and selling purposes. Number um, four, to be a lot more intentional in my garden. Grow foods as a sustainable homesteader would. What is going to feed my family the longest? I have got to be more intentional with that. Number five, to be more intentional on how I preserve foods. Not everything belongs in a jar. So I want to utilize fermenting and curing and my cold storage space a lot more than I have. And finally, number six, to be more intentional as a listener. And luckily, I was able to stop and listen last year and to continue teaching and educating people on how to live a homesteading life and how to live sustainably. So that's it. 
That's all there is. That is my mission statement for 2021. It's pretty big, but I didn't bite off more than I can chew. And that was really important to me. So with that said, I can really focus on six points and keep it simple and really think about, am I being intentional with my time, my life, and my actions? So now your turn. Stop and think about what your personal mission statement is going to be. It could be anything. So make it about you and really tuck it away in different corners of your your home. So when you open a drawer and you see it, you're reminded of it. All right, you guys, that's all I've got for this episode. And I'm excited to have started off 2021 as strong as I did. And I hope it really encouraged you to really stop and think about creating a personal mission statement for yourself. For additional information, feel free to visit my website, afarmgirlinthemaking.com. You'll be able to find my eBooks and my book, The Farm Girl's Guide to Preserving the Harvest, and all of my e-courses there. They'll start being able to be popped up here within the next couple of weeks, so visit often. And if you sign up for my email address, you actually get notification and discounts prior to anybody else does on all the product that we sell. Have a great day, you guys. We'll talk to you soon.